0: the pandemic, social unrest, the state and the White House. You are listening to The John DePietro Show.
1: Well, folks, good afternoon. It's John DiPietro on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. This portion of the program is brought to you by Ryan's Appliance Repair. Call them today, 401-710-7096. 401-710-7096. Ryan's Appliance Repair. Repairs on all makes and models of appliances. You know, I had Ryan uh, in my home, folks, just The other week, we had a problem with the, uh, something was broken in the refrigerator and the door wouldn't shut properly. What did I do? I called Ryan's Appliance Repair. What about your washer? What about your dryer? What about your stove or microwave? Ryan's Appliance Repair, 401-710-7096. If your appliance is dying, just call Ryan. Ryan's Appliance Repair, 401-710-7096. 7096. All work is guaranteed for 90 days. Parts and labor in senior citizens discounts are available. Remember, if your appliance is dying, just call Ryan. Ryan's Appliance Repair 401 710 7096. Maybe it's your washing machine or your dryer or your garbage disposal or your oven or your stove or your microwave. Any appliance problem with an appliance called Ryan's Appliance Repair, 401-710-7096. Well, folks, good afternoon. Again, at 107, it's Sean DePietro on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. President Trump did uh, do an interview earlier on Fox. I'm going to play some of that. I'm also um, looking at, boy, the uh, situation in Miami has really spiraled out of control. How about they have um, an eight o'clock curfew and the spring break kids going to Miami is uh, really, really going out of control. And now there's this saying that it's racist, the fact that they won't let the kids do it. And that's why the mayor is shutting this stuff down. And it's um, it's a real problem. It's a real problem with uh, who would want to go if you've seen, let alone the fact that no one is wearing a mask or or anything forget about that it's just it's hordes of people and they're out in the street and they're being arrested and it's uh really turned into a real mess so now there's other um uh stories today a big story today is the providence teachers have taken a no confidence vote in the education commissioner i know that some people are saying well you know that's a badge of honor and everything else but this that is i don't think that helps if they're trying to get a contract with the teachers union, and you have 2,500 of the members voting in favor, fewer than 20 voted against, saying a lack of faith in the education commissioner's ability to lead the district. And then they've also, I believe, voted no confidence in the superintendent. So they have. that's a um, major, major problem that is going on. And the final straw was the announcement on Friday that 200, 270 staff, mostly teachers, were receiving consolidation notices, meaning they have to reapply for the position or new ones in the district. The vote comes as contract negotiations have become increasingly acrimonious. They said the membership has been calling for strong action for months. They tried to work within the system, but um, that is not going to be solved anytime soon. Now, there's also a bill. That is getting some attention at the Rhode Island State House. And someone who is uh, plugged in on that is the minority leader. And we want to get him on. It is uh, Representative Minority Leader Blake Filippi and find out exactly what's uh, happening with this bill. So, folks, we're uh, going to bring him on in uh, just a moment. John, how are you? There he is. Folks, joining us right now is uh, House Minority Leader, Representative Blake Filippi. Good afternoon, Rep Filippi. Very good on this sunny Monday.
0: Is it very good, John?
1: Well, you know, at least people are feeling better. But tell us, I want to give you a chance to kind of walk us through a little bit the difficulty with this piece of legislation that has uh, emerged. It's got a lot of momentum over the weekend.
0: Yeah, so uh, I'll, I'll give you like the 50,000 foot view. It takes the uh, Executive Climate Change Coordinating Council, um, so it's called the Environmental Council. The Environmental Council, per this legislation, must create a plan. No discretion. They have to create a plan. Doesn't matter if they hate it, doesn't matter if it's not economically viable. They must create this plan to get Rhode Island down to 40 per- 45% of 1990 emissions by 2030, 80% of 1990 emissions by 2040, and net zero emissions by 2050. Once that plan is adopted, which they have no discretion, they have to adopt it, every agency of state government must enact regulations pursuant to the plan, and they have no discretion but to enact those reg- regulations. No matter how expensive, no matter how costly. And those regulations and the plan can touch on anything that produces emissions. Your home, your car, how much gas costs, what kind of do we anything. It is a broad delegation of legislative authority to this executive council. There's no point in the General Assembly even convening because we can be ruled by this executive council. They can affect your taxes, how much oil is. They can tell you you can no longer have carbon-based heating at your house. Our own state consultants, the Brattle Group, stated that in order to get to the 80% reduction this envisioned by 2040, every single home in the state must convert to electric heat. Right? They must be retrofitted and converted to electric heat at a cost of $50,000 to $100,000 per home. That's 18 to $36 billion that Rhode Islanders are going to have to pay just to upgrade their homes. That doesn't include the amount of money it's going to cost to upgrade our electrical grid, an electrical grid that won't be able to handle that added load of the electric heating in your homes, but also the electric cars you're going to be mandated to buy. And then all that electricity is going to have to be produced by renewable resources. So it's going to skyrocket the price of electricity.
1: You know, I I don't understand. Where did this council come from? Where where did I, this is brand new. I haven't heard about it. Where did this come from?
0: So we've had this this council for a while and it was strictly advisory. It was required to produce plans to give to the General Assembly and the General Assembly will decide what things to do. What taxes to raise, what mix of energy that National Grid must purchase, you know, like 20% renewables or 10% renewables. It was strictly advisory. What it's doing now is making this council no longer advisory, it is making it the de facto legislature in this state. With the four, and its dictates, these unelected bureaucrats dictates, will have the force of law, and they will control and they have the ability to control innumerable aspects of our private lives.
1: Who, who's on this council?
0: So it's all it's a bunch of heads of state departments, everyone from the director of the Department of Environmental Management, Coastal Resources Management Council, Department of Administration, uh, Transportation, Department of Health, Emergency Management Agency, Commissioner of Energy Resources, Division of Planning, Infrastructure Bank the Public Utilities and Carriers, and the Secretary of the Executive Office of Health and Human Services.
1: And folks, we're speaking with Representative Blake Filippi. And Rep, I'm just, if you could take us inside, how how does this come about and what needs to be done?
0: How does it come about? I mean, there's clearly a national movement to codify the principles articulated in the Green New Deal as Mandatory and binding on state governments okay. and the people within states. Right, and so that's what this is. It essentially takes the Green New Deal and uh, institutes it with the force of law in the state of Rhode Island. So that—that's its genesis. How does it come about? Is that there's crazy bills put in all the time. No one pays attention to them because they're so high in the sky. No one would ever assume that they pass. This one passed the Senate last week, was you know shot out of the House Environment Committee last week, and now it's on the floor of the House for passage. You know, no one even saw this coming.
1: Wow. Well, that's what I'm talking about. And so talk about the expense of how, how can they put all this into play in Rhode Island?
0: Uh, I, the people dealing with it, are, their position is that there's going to be subsidies coming will subsidize everyone or the federal government will subsidize everyone. And don't worry, by the time we have to do this, the technology will be there. People are going to want electric cars. Well, they're going to want electric cars. They'll just buy them instead of internal combustion cars. The, the cost of this will bankrupt the state of Rhode Island. No, I own businesses in this state. I look at this, and I, as, as a businessman, I, I would be foolish to have interest in this state. And I, I'm already here. You will not get anybody to move into this state because of this. Now It how, touches everything, everything, is everything the, that we do.
1: Where does this stand with the leadership? How, how far off is this of, of, you know, becoming the law of the land?
0: Uh, I mean, listen, at, at this point, it's scheduled for a House vote. And unless enough Democratic representatives get calls from their constituents and they tell leadership, we can't vote on this. This is going to be passed. And then at that point, our only avenue is, is a veto by Governor McKee. This will destroy small business.
1: And where is where is uh, Speaker Shikachi on this?
0: You know, I, I, I can only assume that since it's on the floor, he supports it. Now, do I think that because this happened so fast, he didn't hear from enough of his members about it? Yes, I think that the what's happened this weekend where this has gotten out and people now know about it, there's starting to be a lot of pushback. The members are hearing from their constituents, and hopefully they're calling Speaker Sakarci and saying, listen, you got to put a hold on this. We need to talk more about it, because it, 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 not enough facts came out before this was voted. And you Representative this was
1: Representative Filippi, if, if you could just explain what are they presenting it as and what, it, what is like the reality of what it could become? So- they're
0: presenting... Yeah, representing it as you know this is a plan to get us there you know the plan can always be adjusted don't worry by 2030 we'll have different technology um we've even had reps or advocates saying don't worry it doesn't apply to any houses that are already built it's only for new builds that's not true um they're saying that Don't worry. The regulatory agencies have discretion about whether to adopt aspects of the plan put out by the Climate Council. Oh, that's not true. I'm reading the plain language. If the plan directs an agency to promulgate regulations, then the agency must do so. No, it's like there's a lot of misinformation from the advocates out there. A lot of, you know, I put out a legal analysis on this where I break down the bill. I put it on Facebook. I sent it in letters to everybody. No. Everyone has been able to say the way i view this bill is wrong
1: and here here's the thing what what is their objective what are they trying to get accomplished
0: carbon neutrality
1: okay but put that into you know regular speak so someone that's driving and listening right now will
0: understand that that the uh, that the state of rhode island emits less greenhouse gases then it then its foliage naturally absorbs. Okay. That we will be carbon neutral. Okay. Ultimately, so, ultimately to get there, it's about control. This this is about control of every aspect of our lives. That's how broad this delegation is to the council.
1: Okay. And if this were to pass, and you're saying the vote is tomorrow. Tomorrow. All right. If this passes, what what would happen? Just say in the first. You know, year or two years, that people would start to notice the difference in Rhode Island that this passes.
0: You won't notice it immediately. You won't like. You're, on December thirty first, two thousand and twenty five is when the first report is due. The first plan. Once that plan is submitted, all the state agencies will start massively writing regulations to do everything from you know saying you can't drive. Uh, you have to drive an electric car you can't use gas heat you, we have to buy a, um, 50% of our power from renewables um, in Massachusetts the Beacon Hill um, group just did a report on this and they did an economic analysis and I'll quote them they said one that it's going to take the price of gas to $14 a gallon and quote the absolute zero approach embodied in this legislation would economically, would be economically ruinous It would increase costs to the average Massachusetts household to unacceptable levels. So it's really after 2025 that the hammer is going to drop. And it has to drop very hard because we have to get, under this law, to 45% below 1990 emissions. We're only at 10 now. So it will be a massive relocation of our economy. And and frankly, the, the individual liberties of the people of this state, because the only way you can reduce emissions is through... Overbearing control on everyday life decisions.
1: And why is it that it doesn't
0: obtain to get this passed now? You know, if I, your question explains it like, oh, you know, you're not going to see any effects for four years. Right? So it's like, so the environmental activists can say, like, don't worry, it's four years from now. You're not going to steal anything. But really, it's going to start changing the way we do policy in anticipation of that plan coming out. You know, I can envision the General Assembly this year saying, okay, in anticipation of us having to get to 45% below 1990 emissions by 2030. We have to buy 40% of our power from renewable resources. We have to start the process of transitioning to electric vehicles. We have to make sure that any homes that are built have electric heat, not propane, natural gas, or oil. We have to make sure that any houses that are renovated have to spend the fifty or $100,000 to uh, retrofit their homes.
1: And, and, and so someone listing right now, they may not realize that this is going to greatly impact their world. Maybe not right away, but it's all going to be then the preventive legislation that's going to come in.
0: Yeah, and and here's the most insidious thing about it. like We may pass resolution in anticipation of the plan, but once the plan comes out, there's no legislation that we pass. Everything by force of law that the plan says goes into effect administratively. Right. So this is is a plan the General Assembly is going to look at and decide whether or not to enact it just by.
1: Oh, I don't know what happened, folks. Go ahead.
0: Oh, sorry. I'm here. Sorry. That's all right. Go ahead. Go ahead. So this. Sorry. This plan is self-executing. The General Assembly doesn't have to pass legislation in response to this plan. Right. This plan, once it's issued. By force of law, every state agency has to adopt it in regulations. And the legislation says that at the power of every state agency is hereby expanded in order to enforce the plan. So they're going to start passing regulations that control what you drive, how you can eat your house, maybe even what kind of food we can buy. Because right now, if you type in Google, you search in Google, you'll see thousands of articles that say we need to get off uh, meat-based diet. We need to have right. a plant based diet to save our world
1: right now representative and folks who are speaking with representative blake Filippi. are there any states that have this you know that people can compare it to that, that we could look at right now and say look at how this state i mean we're what are they who are they basing this off
0: they're basing it off a massachusetts plan and they're misrepresenting the massachusetts plan the massachusetts plan has had aspirational goals just like we have in the past but there, there's a plan in Massachusetts that just passed their Senate, which empowers their some undersecretary with the power to write regulations that control government and individuals. Hmm. So they're they're piggybacking off Massachusetts, what Massachusetts is about to do.
1: And what about uh, in the state in the state Senate? Is this also uh, pending in the state Senate?
0: It's already passed.
1: It's already passed in the state. How did that pass in the state Senate?
0: You know, people are people are focused on the virus. People are like worried about vaccinations. It hasn't been in the news. It hasn't been really reported on. It has a little bit. But what the bill actually does and how it accomplishes it and how there's no off ramps. There's no um, bumpers on what can be done. Hasn't been explained. And so now we're we're getting out there that we see that this thing passed the House Environment Committee, and saying, everyone, you got to know what this bill does. Yeah, it hasn't been talked about because the way the bill is written, it's kind of like um, Dayton Switchy. It's kind of like hide the ball, but we we found the ball, and we're exposing it, and we're showing what this bill actually does. And people have to call their representatives today day and tell them they cannot vote on this bill. It has to be recommitted.
1: And Representative, of, of, again, folks, so speaking with uh, Minority Leader of Representative Blake Filippi, what about uh, you know if someone wants to come in and build a new building in downtown Providence in a couple of years? It sounds like they would have to follow all these new guidelines that these laws would put into effect. No
0: one's going to be building a building in downtown Providence if we pass this, because not only are the guidelines and how you build your building so expensive. The cost of electricity in this state is going to skyrocket because we're seeing all homes, have not just new new homes, all homes. You have to retrofit your homes and you have to heat your home with electricity and you need to have electric cars. And all that electricity needs to be purchased from renewable resources. No more natural gas power, which is 90 percent of our power supply now. The price of electricity is going to be outrageous.
1: What about oil?
0: No, there's going to be no more oil.
1: Well, that, that's ridiculous. It's a natural, it's a, a natural element. What do you mean no more oil? Why? That's how we run. That's how we operate. Off oil. Governor McKee, his family business was an oil company.
0: Not, any, John, not anymore. The only way to meet the targets, and it's in the state's own Brattle Group report, is to have all cars be electric and all homes be decarbonized run on electric heat. That's the only way. They said that you're not, you cannot accomplish your goals without doing that. So there's going to be no more oil. There's going to be no more natural gas. There's going to be no more propane. And you're going to have to spend fifty dollars to $100,000 to change your house over to electric heat.
1: Oh, but I'll be honest. And again, folks, at 127, was speaking with Representative Blake Filippi. Rep, obviously, I support you, but none of that seems like feasible none of that That, like what do you mean you can't have propane how are people gonna grill outside
0: here's the thing john i don't know it's not feasible that's the point it's gonna. it's so expensive to do this but the fact that it's not economically feasible is not a factor that the economic or uh, the, the executive climate change council can consider. It's not something that our regulatory agencies can consider. As a matter of law, they must adopt a plan regardless of the price. And upon adoption of that plan, all state agencies must carry it out. All it's right. insanity, John. It is absolute insanity.
1: All right. What, what is the name of this? So if someone right now calls their representative, they'll know. But I also don't understand how this passed in the Senate. If it's if it's what you you know, and obviously you, I don't understand how that passed in the Senate. But if someone's listening, what what exactly do they say? What's the bill when they call their representative?
0: Vote against House Bill five four four five, the two thousand and twenty one Act on Climate. Right. John, I'm, I, you know me. I've been on your show for a long time. Yes, I've I've never cried wolf. There is a wolf. This is real. This is the Green New Deal, and it is codified in law, and there's no offerings. There's no Mm -hmm. ability for our administrative agencies to have discretion to say, you know what, this is too expensive. Right. This is legit, man. I'm telling you.
1: All right, folks, he is Representative Blake Filippi, Minority Leader. Rep, great to talk to you. Keep up the good work. We'll talk to you again. Thank you, sir. All right, folks, there it is. Uh, Like a lot of people, uh, right now it is 128. Um, He doesn't cry wolf. I'll give him that. But it is a little odd that how come uh well i don't know how it passed the state senate and people were not notifying people that it had had in fact passed the state senate that is um i mean that that doesn't sound positive in any way uh whatsoever folks right now at um it's 129. Good afternoon. You're listening to AM 1380 or 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, which is to petro.com. This portion of the program is brought by R.E. Coogan and Heating. I was out there yesterday. He is just terrific and he backs the blue. It's R.E. Coogan and Heating. Call them today at 401 732 6562. Helpful, trustworthy, reliable. Plumbing, heating, and cooling, call R.E. Coogan & Heating today at 401-732-6562. Now, on this sunny Monday afternoon, are you having a problem maybe plumbing or heating and cooling? Call R.E. Coogan & Heating. You can also look for them on Facebook, and the website is R.E. RECouganheating.com, e. or call them at 401 732 Sixty-five, sixty-two. Well, big news remains the problem at the border. Big news remains the problem at the border, and there is no border. And they're just absolutely streaming over, and something needs to be done. Now, this week, today is Monday, and then coming up on Thursday, President Biden is going to have his first official press briefing. And I think one of the areas that uh, that I think will be highlighted will be... His lack of of action at the border, and just how bad it's become, and the fact that there's uh, no way to um, <clears throat> no way to stop it, and they're not doing anything to stop it, and the amount of people that are just uh, streaming over is um it, it's it, it's not your imagination. And also, I'm seeing so so some photos have come out regarding the overflow facilities and they made a lot boy folks do you remember the whole thing about the kids in cages and they have all these kids in cages at the border and um, you know under under their president trump and there were people locally saying that this this is like auschwitz this is how this is how it starts and this is like death camps that they're doing with these kids and this other type of foolishness. And, and now you have just a couple of, the situation is worse, but it's the Biden people that, that created it like that. It is the Biden people that set it up that way. And that that new health and human services director, um, he was making the rounds yesterday. And they, they were so quick to get rid of the Trump plan. They were so quick to come out and uh, say that they wanted to get rid of the Trump policy that they just allowed uh, the situation to deteriorate as, as quickly as it did. So uh, they, they were in such a hurry to announce that much of the, the Trump policies on immigration – That they wanted to look how we're turning this around and we're not going to have it like this. Um, The fact that they allowed this stuff to go so quickly is what what got it as bad as it is now. I want to play some sound. This was yesterday. Representative Mike McCall predicts the situation at the border. Guess what? It's actually... Going to get even worse. I think
2: the next few weeks, few months will look like? He said that we have a plan and we'll look back on this and say everything was solved.
3: Look, uh, I've known I, the border when I was chairman of Homeland Security. I was a federal prosecutor down here. My knows better because he was too. It's going to get worse. It's going to get a lot worse. Springtime, summer, more and more come over. The message is coming back that, hey, we got a new president. Come on in. We're open for business to the traffickers. And guess what? They're right here. And I predict a million people trying to get into this country by the summertime. So, what I do mean, you think the next few think weeks? Think
1: about few- that for a moment, folks. One million people by summer trying to come in, or as I call it, that's really like a democratic—that's like a Democrat registration drive. Let me hear a little bit more. I think this guy is uh, good. He was on ABC's This Week. Representative Mike McCall predicts the situation will get worse, um, and as—and he's right. You know, as spring turns into summer. And obviously, they don't like the cold. More of them will come forward. This is again. Yesterday, he appeared on ABC's This Week. Let me He's show this. Here we so go. So, what
2: do you think the next few weeks, few months will look like? He said that we have a plan and we'll look back oh, on this. All
1: right, hold on. Let me find. Um, I thought that was new sound. At that, is that the same cut? It is the same cut. Now, this was the um, that Health and Human Services Secretary guy. He is just a disaster. Governor Armando's lucky she did not get this job. Because it's the, this guy that's, they're the ones that caused the problem at the border. To
2: stay there for 70- Here it is. It's exactly about vulnerable children. You have approximately 5,200 children currently being held in adult border facilities well over the 2019 peak during the Trump administration. They're only supposed to stay there for 72 hours, but they've been there for more than- 10 days, 650 kids, and it's getting worse. Let me read you a tweet from Senator Chris Murphy, a Democrat from Connecticut who was with you on a trip down here. He said, just left the border processing facility. Hundreds of kids packed into big open rooms in a corner. I fought back tears as a 13-year-old girl sobbed uncontrollably, explaining through a translator how terrified she was having been separated from her grandmother and without her parents. Murphy said, these are facilities you wouldn't want to put your child in for more than 10 minutes. I know you say you have a plan now, but again, how did this happen? You knew there was a pandemic before. chess had failed to do this before as well under obama under under president trump so how do you speed this up and how did this happen
0: martha it takes time We all know what happened to that 13-year-old girl in the prior administration. She was turned away and turned into the desert of Mexico or sent back to the very country from which she fled by reason of fear of persecution. We are addressing the needs of that uh, child now. Uh, When I say it takes time, I mean it, because we're dealing with a dismantled system. And we did not have the ordinary, um, safe, and just transition from one administration to another. You know, this guy,
1: excuse me, they wouldn't have come. What, what's the difference between they, they wouldn't have been coming? This business of she would have been turned around and been told to go back. I want to go back to this is uh, Representative Mike McCall saying, listen, the Biden people are basically sending a message it's okay to come over the border.
2: The administration has essentially, as you heard, blamed Trump policies
3: for this. No, I think they've created the crisis. Uh, He says he has a plan. I haven't seen a plan. Uh, They talk about humane conditions, humanitarian. They have created a humanitarian crisis down here at this border that you have seen now. And the reason why they are coming is because he says words do matter, and they do. The messaging is that if you want to come, you can stay. When Majorca says we're not saying don't come at all, just don't come now, very irresponsible rhetoric for a secretary of Homeland Security uh, to say, and now in his words, we have the greatest, well, not crisis, because he won't call it that, in 20 years. You know, in this sector alone, where I used to be a federal prosecutor, spiking 230% uh, from last year, there is a direct cause and effect on the messaging, but then to do away, you know, politics aside to do away with what was one, one of the most successful negotiated agreements with mexico and central america to remain in mexico and apply for political asylum but now they have created this this crisis of children coming in the traffickers are smart cartels are smart they know our laws, policies, and this started right after the election. In, in the last two months, we've seen a real surge.
2: You you, you talk about the messaging. Clearly, what he was trying to do is have a stronger message and forget about what was said three weeks ago. Is that enough? They're clearly starting to change that messaging now, even though word has not gotten out to Mexico across the border.
3: I think it's uh, too little, too late. Because the traffickers know they can take children from Central America, extort the families, exploit the children on the dangerous journey back uh, to the United States. And now, you know, they're calling back home saying, hey, we got in. So until this policy changes, I would urge the administration to revisit the migrant protection protocols. This worked and it was very...
1: You know, that's a, an excellent point. And again, folks, good afternoon. It's John DiPietro on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. You know, it's a full racket in business. These guys that uh, they, they, they call them. And I think if you're familiar with it at all, you know the term. It's called a coyote. And they're the ones, they're like a guide. And you pay them and they will get you over the border. Now, it's very risky. Um, however, what's happening is these these quote coyotes that charge thousands of dollars? But many of the people that have been working with them, what do you think is happening? They're calling their family and friends back in pick a country, and what are they saying? Hey, we got in. It worked. It's one thing if you pay the guy, you know, three thousand, five thousand, dollars and then you just you hear about someone that did it and got ripped off. But what about someone that then Gets results. What about someone who, you know, it turns out, all right, it was a lot of money and we did have to pay that guy. But guess what? They got in. They absolutely got in. They got up, you know, over the border. So now I want to play. This is a little bit longer, but it's a very good piece about what's going on since Biden has taken office with the border. And they went overhead and. It's it's worth listening to. Again, folks, good afternoon. It's John DePetro, AM 1380, 99.9 FM. This is pretty extensive. Since President Biden taken office, surge of migrants of the border have sought asylum. And this is the El Paso Mexico border. In- but it's um it's, it's pretty good
2: of arizona's desert the view of the southern border is stark arizona's department of public safety rangers who provide search and rescue show us miles of wall and gaps where construction was halted after joe biden took office One of President Biden's first executive actions was to dismantle the Trump administration's immigration policies. Tough policies that critics considered shameful. We made a policy decision that that was the right, humane step to take. And while the numbers usually increase after the winter, devastating hurricanes in Central America last year may have prompted more to attempt the trip. Customs and border protection show overall a nearly 30% increase last month from January with 100,000 people attempting to cross the southwest border. Nearly 30,000 of them were unaccompanied minors. This group from Venezuela crossing the river near Del Rio, Texas. A small boy carried a cross on shoulders, his feet skimming the water. 50 miles away, a similar scene.
3: A group of four just crossed the river. Um, Agents are here already. So they made it across. They're going to go to a processing center. And uh, we'll see from there. This happens every day.
2: significant surge coming after president biden ended donald trump's so-called remain in mexico policy requiring asylum seekers to wait there for their court proceedings since then many of those tent cities along the mexican border have emptied out as people start streaming in we were there when a bus of 56 asylum seekers arrived at casa elitas a catholic charity shelter in tucson Men, pregnant women and children stepping off the bus with only what they could carry. This father, who asked that we not show his face, traveled to Mexico from Brazil with his wife and three young kids before crossing the border. Would you have tried to do this when Donald Trump was president?
4: Definitely not. Definitely. We had a chance, you know, the, the same violence that is going on today was there last year. We used to watch the, the news and uh, I definitely won't do this.
2: So did you come here because Joe Biden was elected president?
4: Basically, basically. Uh, the main thing was the violence in my country. And the second thing uh, I think was Joe Biden. Uh, you know, uh, it's like uh, lighting up my hope. You know what I mean? Director Diego Pina Lopez
2: has seen a steady uptick.
4: I think right now we're tro- we're going to be dealing with fixing years of policies that really inhibited people's rights to claim asylum and find a safe place to go.
2: You've heard some call this a crisis right now. Is it a crisis? The crisis really started when we
4: stopped it, uh, supporting these people. And this is just a, really a consequence of the, those decisions. subject can be heard in the verbal about three houses used that location. But for those is
2: charged with protecting border towns, the problem has gotten much worse in the
3: past few months. We're losing all our resources. And why? the checkpoints. They're, they're down because they've been diverted to other assignments. They become child care processing instead of securing the border.
2: Sheriff Mark Daniels drove us through Cochise County, Arizona. What change have you seen in the past couple of months?
0: A big difference. The message has changed. And the message is that this border is open for business and uh, you can come
4: across. And if you get across, uh, there will be no consequences. That's the message we hear.
2: Arizona Governor Doug Ducey feels the same.
3: They have 460% spike in illegal apprehensions, over 100,000 people in custody, 13,000 migrant children. This is a historic record for the agency. It's been the reverse of the Biden administration of the Trump policies, and it needs attention.
2: We flew alongside the governor as he took an aerial tour of the border to see the situation for himself. He says Joe Biden is to blame. And what is it exactly? Is it the remain in Mexico? What What's made the huge difference? Or is it, as your sheriff says, it's the messaging?
3: Well, it's a combination of things. Of course, the, the migrant protection protocols was a good policy, and it was working. It disincentivized people from taking this dangerous trip. You
2: heard... President Biden say the other day don't come what more can he do
3: well he certainly can communicate more often more clearly and he should be talking to President Obrador he's got a big microphone he needs to use it appropriately
2: but the Biden administration has turned back the majority of those crossing into the U.S. many distraught after believing they would find refuge in America We walked into Juarez, Mexico, a city racked with violence, to find Ophelia and her 10-year-old son, now headed back to Guatemala after being sent back to Mexico. The reason she risked everything? Biden promised that we can
3: cross with minors.
2: She said she heard that because of President Biden, she would be welcome.
1: You know, folks, and again... (sighs) Good afternoon. It's John DePietro on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, dipietro.com. Right now it's one forty six on this sunny Monday. <clears throat> and no matter how much they try to deny it, the line you just heard right there at the end, that is the problem. He is, he you know, who the president is. Biden is not a deterrent. They're coming over. They feel that now is the time. And more importantly, they are delivering people. They're delivering. It's not just a matter of, well, you know, they tried and it didn't work. They're, it's a full business. People that you, they're called, as we've said, the coyotes. You pay them and they will smuggle you over the border. Now, they only are able to exist if they're having success. If they're not having success, then they're not in business. What's the problem? The problem is they're having success. They're having a lot of success. And they are getting people over the border. If they weren't getting people over the border, then people would say, I'm not going to pay you the couple thousand. But their friends and family are saying, hey, it worked. Right? It's like a ticket scalper. Some guy says, I can get you really good, really good tickets for the Patriots. You're going to have to pay, but 50-yard, whatever it is. You know, like, I don't know. Your friend pays him. He calls you. Guess what? We're at the game. He came through. These are great seats. We had to pay, but we're right on the 50-yard line, just like he said. or whatever. So what do you say? Well, maybe I'll do it then. So a huge, huge problem that they will not even admit that they have fallen into. Now, folks, on this sunny Monday, good afternoon. It's 148. It's John DePietro on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online, as I said, at the website, dipietro.com. You know, I am so impressed by Bethel Certified Soft Wash. You can see the before and after. Look for them on Facebook. The Facebook page is, um, and again, it's B-E-T-H-E-L. So over the course of the wintertime, you know, or maybe it, it started last fall and whether it's a house or a fence and you just you never got it fully cleaned up. You never um, fully got everything straightened out. And the before and afters are just incredible. You can also find them, find them on Facebook, Bethel Softwash Power Washing. You can text Jared at 617-2585-401. 617-2585 but right now i'm on the facebook page and looking at the before and afters and and it's just so uh tremendous what a difference it makes with the before and after of the bethel certified soft wash power wash where you see the the different homes and the before and after or a walkway and i'm looking at it right now where they take off some of the you have a white house and it has the, The green stains or the moss and the algae. And boy, once they get a hold of it, what a difference on the side. And the same thing, I'm also, here's a nice picture of this, someone's pool area. And the cement near the pool has some of that algae and moss. And boy, Jared gets in there and what a difference. It uh, just gets rid of everything. So again, folks, you can uh, contact them. Their website is rhodeislandsoftwashing.com. rhodeislandsoftwashing.com. But you can also find them on Facebook. And again, you can call or text him at 401-617-2585. This portion of the John DePetro Show. Now, folks, you hear me mention the website, depetro.com. It's D-E-P-T-R-O.com. We have a number of uh, original stories up, whether it be the fact that Facebook Live has returned or a lot of legislation right now on uh, Second Amendment and guns and also voting legislation. I'll tell you, Cranston and Providence teaming up together to go after those, the ATVs is, uh, is a great story as well. It all starts by going to the website, depetro.com. Same thing if you want to get a hold of me. And remember, dipetro.com is brought to you by Relax Souls, S-O-L-E-S, Relax Souls, Reflexology. Lisa Wood, call or text her at 401-742-6621. But there's a direct link at the website. Uh. Reflexology is different from massage because it works from the inside out. She works on your hands and your ears and your feet and your face and uh, healing from inside out boosts the immune function and you're deeply relaxed. Lisa Wood Woods. Lisa Wood, 401-742-6621. Now, if you're trying to get the vaccine, unfortunately, um, I, I would encourage you to try. I would encourage you to try one of the private sector sites. What you do is you log on for those that and maybe you've been trying for your parents or your grandparents. So you log on at the website. All you have to do is type in Rhode Island Vaccine and then it brings you to the page where it's, you know, you you have a couple of different options. I'm just gonna do it right now, just so um, I I like to, there it is, Rhode Island vaccine. So then you click on COVID-19 and then you have make, make a vaccine appointment at a state run site, which is the first one and good luck with that. But then they have make a vaccination appointment at a local pharmacy site. And when you click on those, you can click on CVS I'm on that right now. Check vaccine availability. And then they have different states. You go down and you find Rhode Island. And then you click on that. Fully booked, fully booked, fully booked. All right, so nothing there. There's nothing on the Rhode Island one. So let me go back. And uh, I I will check the state site as well. But the local pharmacy, now you have Walgreens. So I have uh, people have been trying Walgreens. And I encourage you to try Walgreens because from what I am understanding... Is people seem to be having more uh, uh, success at some of the um, at a place like a a Walgreens. So let me uh, just see, and I'll check it today to see if. All right, well maybe right now there's no appointments available, but I would keep trying that one. And then you also have Stop and Shop, and then you also have Walmart has started them as well. Let me just double check the state site while I'm on it. So you can do. um, Where's the. Let me check the state site. Okay. Click here, a vaccination on a state run facility. And you click on that and you do find a clinic. And I don't see the Dunkin' Donuts Center. So they're doing vaccines available, zero, nothing available there. Uh, that's 323. Tweet 324 at the dunk, nothing available. Middletown, what's the deed? 324, nothing available. Middletown, 325, not, uh, too bad, but then you can't get anything. Um, I think tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock, they're going to release some more on the state site. There's the dunk again, and then Middletown. So, again, folks, it's difficult. I get that. I strongly encourage you, if you want to get the vaccine, if you want to get the vaccine, to make sure you try. I think the websites are better. I know they are for CVS and Walgreens. So what I would do right now, 155. It's Monday, March 22nd, folks. Good afternoon. Here I am It is one. It's John petro on AM 1380 or 99.9 FM. If you're trying to get an appointment for someone or yourself what i would do is i would try cvs and walgreens at all different times i would try cvs and walgreens at all different times because i have heard of people getting appointments of i think i said somebody woke up at you know four in the morning and suddenly they went on and then boom they were able to um they were able to get an appointment where the state site those go very very quickly they go, they go very very quickly and for instance I think tomorrow morning at nine o'clock is the next time when they're when they're going to um, when they're going to be available now I'm also hearing today in the briefing uh, the press secretary was asked about President Biden, how he he did trip on those stairs a little bit. Um, I want to uh, let me just pull up that sound. I I thought a little bit was made about that. Um, I I don't know. I, I I thought people were overdoing it a little bit. It, listen, it was a bad look. Uh, he shouldn't try to run up those stairs. He should go slower. That's for sure. And now the latest thing that's certainly starting to get some attention is the fact that a lot of the illegals there, apparently, putting them up in hotel rooms. So I mean, this is like completely ridiculous. But this is Press Secretary Jen Psaki uh, answering the question about President Biden on Friday that we all saw as he was uh, falling off the stairs.
4: Bell going up the steps to air force one on friday is he doing okay he's 100 percent fine i don't know if you've been up those steps they're a little tricky sometimes right, but right, he's air force great. One. i've not been up those um uh, then did he see a doctor Did he have to see a doctor over it um i'm not aware of that being required there's of course a doctor who travels with the president any president of the united states but um I, i'm not aware of it needing uh actual extensive medical attention. Okay, great. And then on the border, of course, Mm -hmm. uh, was it no? Was it no? Well, I'm not trying to be, there's a doctor who travels with him. He he was walking around, as you all saw, by the end of the day. So I'm just trying to be completely transparent. He's absolutely fine, Uh, as he was on Friday, was this weekend. He spent the weekend at Camp David. He's good. Go
1: ahead. You know, that's interesting. She didn't answer uh, really the question on whether or not he did see a doctor because of it whether or not he did see a doctor because of it. But a big thing, folks, that they're starting to hit the Biden people on is lack of transparency, such as when can we tour these facilities? The images from those tours might show that there's a crisis.
4: Well, first, um, we are working to finalize uh, details, and I hope to have an update in the coming days. Uh, We are working through with... uh, Uh, The Department of Health and Human Services and also the Department of Homeland Security to ensure uh, privacy and ensure we're following COVID protocols. We remain committed to transparency. And of course, as I noted last week, we certainly want to make sure that uh, the media has access uh, to. uh Well, the media
1: has not actually had access. Let's be very clear about that. Hey, President Trump was also in the news today. It's kind of uh, it was odd. He was on Fox News and Harris Faulkner initially told him. That the director of health and human services had resigned, and he had actually not resigned. <laughs> so it was kind of a screw up by Fox, but they were able to resolve it. Now, coming up on Thursday is going to be Thursday's a big day. Thursday is the President Biden full press conference, and then coming up on Thursday is our next. Uh, COVID briefing. It's John DiPietro. Listen, I want you to enjoy this sunny Monday. We're going to be doing Facebook Live later this afternoon. You can find my page, John DiPietro Show. Stay tuned. You're going to hear the 2 o'clock news and then the John Dion program, and I certainly hope he's feeling better. Listen, enjoy this Monday. Go to the website. You want to reach me? D-E-P-E-T-R-O dot Click Contact John. Folks, enjoy this Monday and stay tuned for the 2 o'clock news.
0: WNRI Woonsocket.